Hello and welcome everybody to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Investing Talk. This is Aurelien. Uh, I started a, a real estate uh, group in London, Ontario, an in-person group. The idea is to educate people, sharpen our skills together together as real estate investors. Um, so we have I bring speakers and then we have networking. Maybe you'll meet the, the next person on your journey to a to, uh, to grow your portfolio. Um, and I'm here with Glenn, uh, glennsutherland.com. Glenn has a course about how to invest in real estate in the US. Um, he's done flips. Now he's doing multifamily. So lots, lots, lots is covered in his course. And we have also Darcy, darcywhite.ca. Darcy uh, dives into, um, into the topics we covered together longer in the form of um, uh, a blog on his website, darcywhite.ca. So thank you everybody for tuning in. Today we're going to discuss what to do, what do we do when things go sideways. <laughs> Good topic. <laughs> when I when I thought of this, I thought of the expression "when it rains, it pours," and uh, and this has happened to me several times. So what what do we do when that happens? What are your guys' thoughts? Your hey, can thoughts? I fix that? Uh, I think from what we're going to share, when it burns, it burns completely. How about rather raining and pouring? Let's change the metaphor to burning because I think we're going to talk about fires, aren't we? Yeah, we two fires. Yeah. I can talk about a lot of different things that have happened. Yeah. Yeah. You do enough projects, stuff is going to happen. If you're buying yeah. a lot of projects and nothing happens, you've probably been paying like market or over market and you've someone else has done all the work for you. We just got lucky, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we're not lucky. I think I'm the luckiest guy in the world and I've had fires. So stuff happens. What do you do? What do you guys do when stuff happens? How do you, how do you manage it? So I'll be, I'll start this. Um, maybe we go right to the very start and you almost have to do like a, a prevent defense before you even start. Yeah. Um, so like, depending on what you're trying to, what your project is, but prevention, right. You know, preventative maintenance, what is, what is going to break? What are your weak spots? What are the weak spots in your team? What are the weak spots in this project? You know, try to anticipate this as best you can, or even hire someone to anticipate. That could be like a home inspector. Um, it, you know, they could. They, you just like we're going. We're trying to buy a ninety-two unit building right now. We're paying uh, a guy five thousand dollars to walk all ninety-two units and give us an inspection on every single unit. So, <clears throat> if you're doing that, you we're going to know what's going on. If we just went and said. We're going to assign five or $10,000 per unit for renovation. That's just a guess, right? That, that we could be completely off, right? But if this guy goes, that unit doesn't need anything. This unit needs 15 grand. We can accurately do this. So it, I think it's about, you know, doing your home inspections, um, doing your uh, appraisals and understanding where you are. And the other thing I like is before I start is just having a backup plan. Um, so like Ari was just mentioning, I do a lot of flips. So if the flip doesn't work, if you can't sell the flip, if you, what, what do you do? Like, and a lot of people, they don't have an alternative to that. If you sit there and just ask them like, so what if you can't sell that? And they're like, oh, we'll just sell it for less. But what if you can't sell it for less? What if this market like completely goes down? Like what is your backup plan? And if you're not buying with backup plans and the only way this thing works is a flip, the only thing this works is a long-term hold because you bought it with some financing you can't break, right? You're, you're going to be in a tough spot. I think a lot of this is about being creative. And I think a lot of this is just being prepared. What about you, Ari? 
Yeah, yeah, exit strategies is something you had uh, discussed um, when we did the event in London and you were the guest speaker, I remember clearly. Um, I think, so when something happens, when when um, hardship happens, uh, it's important not to feel sorry for yourself for too long. Uh, try not to personalize it uh, and, and, and start thinking uh, problem solving because uh, uh, that's, that's part of the, it comes with the territory where you're going to have issues and you're going to have to be the one solving those issues. And uh, ultimately, you know, uh, when you're, when you're the sponsor, when you're the, the owner, it comes, it's, it's, it's up to you to, to fix the problem. So, um, so I like what you said, you know, be ready. Uh, I remember when I, when I was, uh, I was anxious around certain scenarios. And I, what I, what I did is I, I put pen to paper and I started thinking about what would be the worst case scenario and what could I do then? And that was so empowering uh, to do that. I've heard about people doing that because when you start to really pencil the paper, worst thing that could possibly happen, you realize that in a lot of cases, the worst thing isn't that bad. And you're like, oh, especially if it's preventing you from doing the purchase or actually taking action, the consequence often when you actually think about it isn't as bad as you think if you Anyway, sorry, Ari, continue. Yeah, I don't know. You're right. And um, so, yeah, what I do, uh, so I I went through, um, so I went through a fire on one of my buildings and I remember uh, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was really, it took a toll on me. And, uh, and so I talked to somebody who's ahead of me, a person I consider as a mentor, and he told me, you know, the more properties you own, it, this is meant to happen. You know, you increase the probabilities of, um, of a, a fire happening or something, something bad happening. And like Glenn was saying, you know, you can prevent it, but when it happens, then um, yeah, you need, you need to face it. And, uh, and that's Maybe, what I did. And could uh, you tell us a little bit about like the story, even like a 30 seconds, like what happened and what was the stress point? Uh, what happened was uh, I, got, I got a phone call uh, in the middle of the night, a tenant uh, saying, yeah, you, the building burned down and um, the firemen were there. Yeah. Nobody got injured. Un- unfortunately, some pets were injured and uh, uh, lost their lives uh, and um, talked to the fire marshal and the, there was an adju- uh, adjuster who did an inspection and found out that uh, likely a tenant uh, did some oil cooking and, and fell asleep. And um, yep. that's what triggered the fire. And then uh, it propagated and propagated. And uh, yeah, so that was, yep. so for me, it was really a traumatic and uh, a traumatic experience. And, um, but yeah, so now, so I'm, uh, we went through the, so the insurance, I had insurance, and the insurance paid for the the damages, uh, and uh, paid off the mortgage, and yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've been to I've been through. I th- when I thought about this, yeah, we've had a fire too. Actually, we've had three. Uh, two of them were uh, cooking. One cooking with oil, and they came home from the bar. They were drunk. They put on some oil. They're going to make uh, frozen French fries. They went sit down and have a smoke outside. And then they thought they were going to order a pizza, forgetting that they just put on oil for French fries. So I waited 35 minutes for the pizza to come. But in the meantime, behind them, the kitchen caught fire. So um, yeah, that's, we've had one of those. We've had a guy who uh, dropped a cigarette on his chest when he had spilled a whole bottle of uh, 
rye whiskey on his clothing and he caught himself on fire and had a That's some strong fiery. whiskey. I wouldn't think that I would catch that easy. Just like a flambe, like when you put brandy on a dessert, it's 40 proof. It's just the exact same thing as a brandy dessert. And my contractors and my employees saw this. It was a massive trauma and it was really hard. Um, those kind of yeah, those kind of situations, like Ari said, when you're the sponsor or the general partner or the person in charge, I'm so sorry. We got some idiot that just keeps phoning my other phone. <laughs> um boy, the live broadcast, right? We actually are working here, folks. Um <laughs> Yeah, when um, I have a couple of practical things. That was one of the worst days. The the fellow that uh, dropped the cigarette on his chest died 24 hours later, substantially. Oh, he was to death. I thought he would just be have a burn. No, no, he was had burns on 90 percent of his body. Oh, first degree burns. It was awful. It was massive trauma to my contractors and to my manager who saw it and my tenants. It was awful. The suite burnt. Uh, there was of course an insurance claim. It was terrible and. You know, the initial fire inspectors, I think I shared this in one of the other episodes, the initial fire inspector was there, couldn't find the smoke detector. And I had my records, as Glenn said, we have prepared annual quarterly checks. We have, um, you know, check sheets and fresh batteries and, you know, all this other stuff. The we perfect statute. good records. <laughs> we had good records, but what happens if someone makes a mistake? My manager goes, did we go into number seven? Yeah, we did number seven. That was, yeah. And they put a D, they put their initials beside it and go on. And what if they made a mistake? So they couldn't find the smoke detector at first. So here's a practical tip. When you're in a situation like that, make sure your phone is charged. I went through three full charges of my phone with the amount of calls that I made from oh. 9.30 in the morning till midnight. I recharged my phone three full times because I had so many calls. Texting doesn't use up a lot of battery, but phone calls to fire inspectors and to staff and to ambulance services and air and you know people surviving victims of these things, they burn up battery. Like You wouldn't think of it need water, you need food. And if you're on the phone all the time and you can't get to some food, you're just weak. These are practical things to take care of yourself. If as the person who's got to manage this, you're the center of the wheel of this whole thing. So, you know, I mean, uh, we're eating dinner at 930 at a white spot restaurant here out in Langley when I finally got a call, which is 1230 Ontario time from the fire inspector in London saying, we found the smoke detector under the sofa it had a brand new battery. It was working. It was disconnected, which until that moment, I was terrified that my, that my inspector Roy made a mistake and initialed something that didn't exist. You know, you don't know. We would have been liable. It could have been a wrongful uh, death suit or negligence. I mean, in this case, we weren't legally or morally responsible, but we did, you know, meet with his um, family members, send flowers. My manager went to the hospital. She never did get to see Ray, but um, we did all that we could do. Yep. Uh, it was awful. Um, but, you know, some practical things out of it, if I can go just a little bit further, you know, charge your phone, make sure you have water. First thing you got to do is breathe and think. You're more mm -hmm. resourceful than you think you are. But when you clench up in an emergency, your brain stops. If you don't breathe, you're not giving your brain oxygen. Ari, you know, from yoga and from mindfulness practices, you got to breathe. And your first, your first uh, thing is a sharp intake of breath and you hold it. And then you start talking and you talk and talk and talk and you never catch a breath for hours. It's, it's exhausting. So you got to breathe so you can think you got to drink so that your brain is hydrated and your body works. Um, I would think some of the lessons we learn from other domains, such as medical, they deal with emergencies every day. My brother-in-law is a 
emergency room doctor. And the idea of triage, which came from 19th century military hospital practice, but to separate the immediate things that need immediate attention from things that are urgent and from things that are not urgent, that just requires an ordered brain to start thinking through what needs to be addressed right now. And this goes from like fires to floods. So you're talking about doing this yourself, like actually pulling out your pad of paper, you know, writing down all the things that need to be dealt with, who you need yep. to call, um, you yep. know, the insurance, the fire department, the police, the doctor, and then what is, what, what, who just prioritize. And yep, we're meeting split them, right? Just completely different lists. Yeah. If you and imagine we, yourself I, like emerging, go ahead. Right? I had something similar written down where, you know, in, um, you know, it doesn't have to be a fire, you know, sometimes, you know, you get Blood. things happening, whatever it is. So, I had something similar where you make a list. Okay, what's going on? You make a list of all of them, and then um, uh, make sure you get facts, and then and then you tag all those facts, and and then but before you start operating on those emergencies or tasks, make a priority list. So you have your list, assign a priority. What, what should I start with? Um, and and what what should come second, and then take three, and then start with those. And um, that's what I do. Yeah, no, it makes I, a lot of sense because if you don't, you'll end up trying to go in 10 different directions at the same time. Yeah. And you're actually not doing anything that's f- close to focused work that actually is even useful. You're going to take you yeah. twice as long. Um, mm-hmm. and you, when you chase two rabbits, you catch none. Oh, yeah. That's great. That's excellent. You know, one thing I would do too, and these are just practical tips, remove yourself, step away. Um, you know, one of the lucky things is for my business, I'm not adjacent to any of these properties. I don't live in the cities where the things happen. So I am removed from it. Now that's frustrating. I can't put my hands on things, but I have a little bit of removal from these situations where, and when this happened, I just closed the door and went in a room by myself. I took two phones in there and my battery charger and then said, I'm not dealing with other things right now. So there's two things that work. The, the idea of triaging, the urgent the immediate from the urgent from the non-urgent, I think would apply sorting those out. And whether that's a, a flood, uh, um, you know, what's, what's urgent with floods, you've got to stop the water, but you also have to make sure that you're not pouring water into electrical panels. Cause now you're compounding your problem right. or engaging other suites, but that's secondary to stopping the flood. If you got a roof leak, you stop the roof leak at its source. You deal with downstream issues from that in secondary things. But if it starts pouring into your main electrical panel, now you have an urgent fire safety issue you got to deal with the electrical panel then go back to the thing so it's agility i think one of the things that might work as well from problem solving is separating things and seeing things as parts and holes being agile enough to see this is a part of this larger thing but keeping the big picture in play so what is really important and i think some of that comes to keeping in mind what are your values so for us you know there, there might be different ordering of different people for me it's people first so everybody's safe then property, then profits. So that's easy. Save the people, protect the asset, or worry about profits after. Because profits can be rebuilt. You can't rebuild people, but you can rebuild buildings and profits will come over time. So they're in the natural ordering makes sense, but sometimes you lose your mind and you start worrying about your building or you start worrying about your profits, how you're going to lose money and you can't afford to do the right thing. And you got your ordering out of, out of I would say from my perspective, your order's out of, out of whack. I agree. I, I, I'm, I, honestly, the building is my lowest priority. Um, mm-hmm. I started when I had my place burned down. Um, the property management called me crying. That it, you know, it's burnt. It's you know, your place is gone, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, 
<laughs> my, my, my response was, oh no, she kept saying, it's gone, it's gone. And I said, did someone steal the air conditioner, right? Because air conditioner is enough to claim an insurance claim, right? <laughs> it's a bigger deal <laughs> in the whole building. The whole building going, I'm like, no, it's fine. We, we've been, we've prevent, uh, prevented this with uh, insurance, right? And it's just like, okay, who's in the building? What's going on? That's what's important to me. The building, it doesn't matter. Insurance will deal with that. I can deal with that later, especially a total loss. If they're telling me, oh, it's totally lost. Okay, well, then we're not having to, like you were going, we're not having to worry about the electrical panel. We're not trying to worry about the roof. It's gone. So let's just worry about the people. <laughs> the rest of it doesn't matter. It, yep. it really doesn't matter. I agree. And I think some of these decisions should be made before you have a problem. You should understand where you're at. If this is catching you by surprise, you probably haven't done the pre-work. And this is a really good opportunity to sit down after this podcast and go, what are my values and how would they apply to my business? Um, maybe you have a different measure, you know, reply in the comments, send me, challenge me on this. Tell me how I've missed this or how we've missed this. Um, maybe I'm overlooking something, but you know, those are mine and I'd be willing to be challenged on them. I, I think it's worth a conversation um, and how you prepare, um, you know, where's your muster station? What does your fire safety plan look like? Um, you know, what, what kind of processes have you put in to avoid these? And when it does come to it, how do you keep yourself together? How do you keep, you know, I wouldn't say that that way, but how do you keep your crap together? Maybe that's a better way of saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, I think just to um, add to what I was saying earlier, uh, I think, so I spoke with a mentor when the event happened, speak to people that have been through this, that have experienced, that are experienced in your, in your field of, in your, in your field of uh, whatever you do for a living. If it's real estate investing, you know, talk to people that have had properties for a longer time and maybe have gone through this. Um, and also it's a, it's a matter of education, educate yourself, uh, ideally before it happens and and talk to the experts you know talk to the the fire marshals the the flood mm. specialists the the pest control experts to know how to prevent those things and um, and also another thing that's good is to be part of a mastermind because then you get you get if you are in a mastermind of entrepreneurs like i am then you get a chance to talk to people that uh, are creative and and can have solutions you you may not have thought of and um and uh, especially if they're in the same industry you are uh, you can you can really leverage their their brains and uh, mm -hmm. and get insights from them even they're they're just experienced with the whole situation if you just put on your mastermind chat say hey i just had a house burned down and um you know i'm i'm there's a lot of stuff going on has anyone else dealt with this they might be able to just you know bring you some calm like you know don't worry about that that you're like, you're like oh, what about this and you're like don't yeah. worry about that that's not important right now these yeah. are the steps you need to do. Like, just like Darcy was saying, just bring you back to where you should be, right? And yeah. it could be your parents, it could be whoever you need to call to to get your, your mind straight and just start working your way through this. Because um, like, we're talking a lot about fire and those kind of issues, but we're real estate investors. Anything can show up, right? There's yeah. a market issues right now. There's all kinds of things that have come up. And I think a lot of it is about, you know, before you freak out, to take a step back, figure out what your options are, what you can do. And even better is if you've planned for this ahead of time and look through your plan before you started and see which ones of these could be executed, right? What are, yeah. what other option, uh, other options could we go down? Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think, um, uh, being resourceful is, uh, is, uh, one of the key skills and, uh, 
um, you can you can you can train that and, and lean on others resourcefulness to help you learn more about how to be resourceful but uh, yeah if you're resourceful um, it's not so much the resources as the result being resourceful in such situations mm -hmm. that, uh, and and yeah like i said at the beginning you know we are we are problem solvers as entrepreneurs and risk investors so yeah i think so, we could do another um maybe in a bunch, couple months or something we could do another one on this exact topic but um on different issues and how we've sort of solved sure. them because like i was just like thinking about this when we we're talking about this topic and i was like had electrical issues or electrical redos that i wasn't planning for i've had refinances that didn't go the way they thought uh, there's mm -hmm. lots of issues and it's the way we react to each one a lot of what we were just talking about was fire and so i didn't really even touch a lot of my notes because it was i had notes for all kinds of different situations and yeah. there's a lot That's of different ways to think about a lot of these things the far more common one is the deal doesn't go the way you planned yeah. But your financing is not like fires are rare, but your what's common is your, your the, the deal as described by the broker and the way you drew it up changes to quote David Beckingham from uh, Dominion Le Dominion Lending. Every deal has hair on it. You just don't know where until when it shows up, and then oh, now you got to be agile and start solving problems and fix it. Let, we'll add it to the list. Let's add it to the list. Yeah, let's do that. We let's both have that. a lot of notes on uh, deals that go don't go quite right. And we'll yeah, but I would say. Some of these things apply generally. You got to breathe. You got to have space and time to think. Some quiet, so not everyone's nattering at you. Hydrate. And if you're spiritual, uh, so meditation helped me a lot. You know, when I was going through this, to uh, to, to to process it. And if you're spiritual, you know, you can lean on your faith, uh, and that your faith can be, uh, you know, you can bring in the bring your higher power into the picture and uh, uh, try to make. Uh, because sometimes also we are at a loss in terms of making sense out of it. Uh, why did it happen to me? So uh, the one one way to look at it is you can at least learn a lesson. You know, you, okay, this is uh, an area for me of growth, and um, uh, that's this the meaning I want to give to it. Yeah, share yeah. your lessons with other people because then yeah, absolutely you can learn from them. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay, well, thank you everybody for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, thanks everybody. Thanks everyone.